Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this episode 298 of the Material Podcast. I am Andy Anatko. And I'm Florence Zion. Andy, we still have not talked about what we're doing for our 300th episode. We need to get on that. Well, we we did we did uh, decide on the most important part that we will be buying cake and eating cake. You know and what? Encourage yeah, our listening to buy. I put that cake. in my calendar. Yes, I put that in my calendar to set up for it. I'm gonna go splurge. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna order a cake from a local baker. Just like really get into it. You know, because food for me has been the biggest vice that I have just fully. <laughs> fully fallen into during this this uh, pandemic year of our Lord. And so this is, I feel like this is a perfect way to commemorate this time having a 300th episode in the midst of what is, you know, kind of the end, the beginning of the end. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Let's try and be optimistic. Yes. And in, in, I think that in, this, in, the, in the key, like standard, like five act or three act structure, would this be the false dawn or the real dawn? Like where are they, oh, thank God, we met, we've, we finally managed to kill off the last of the zombies. Then it's the false boom, dawn. This is boom. the false dawn. Yeah. And let me tell you, real talk, like we're, because now we're shifting gears to it. <laughs> I see that attitude now from some people. And it it concerns me. <laughs> yep. Like, I know people are getting vaccinated. Um, you know, they kind of increased the threshold to allow folks with, like, you know, pre-existing conditions and chronic illnesses um, to kind of come in and get vaccinated, which I think is wonderful. But now that they're opening it to, like, you know, people on the periphery. You know what I mean? Like not quite the general public, but people on the periphery, which which can be kind of easy to get into. Do you know what I mean? Like like sneaking yeah. into a concert, you know, like you you just need to work the door to get in. Right. Um, I'm a little like I still want you to be cautious because I am that kind of person, you know. Oh, yeah. Just I want everybody to continue to be cautious. Let's not. I know we we've been living in a time of severe and serious darkness and do we just want to latch on to anything, but I'm telling you it, it's right now is not it. Okay. This is yeah. only season two of the walking dead. It's <laughs> there's four more seasons until it gets really bad and nobody watches it anymore, but somehow it's still in the air. Blows my mind. Um, but yeah, just we keep, can, keep we, watching we, your back. It's, it, just se- it just seems like we can continue to do some very simple things to make things quite uh, a, a lot better than than they could possibly be if we don't do simple things. And yes, we should all be encouraging each other to do stuff like that. I've got, I've, I'm going to be increasing my travel radius by bicycle Two radius. <laughs> yeah, in next week because next week will mark like a full year of not having traveled more than two miles away from my house. It's like not that not that I had to do this, but it's you know how the you know how like a nerdy brain works. It's like around November or December, it's like, okay, well, you know what? It's, it will probably be just as easy to make it a whole calendar year. And then we could say we did it a whole year yeah. rather than say we did it a year minus three weeks or five weeks. Right, right. I really, for this year, 2021, like approaching the beginning of the end, let's, let's, let's now, I think I'm going to be a little more graceful and say we're approaching the beginning of the end. Okay. Yes. Um, I think I would like to do like a hotel room birthday or something because my birthday is in the spring right around the time that Biden promised uh, all U.S. people or 75 percent of us would be vaccinated. So I would just love to be in a hotel room with like crisp sheets and socially distanced room service. Like (laughs) anyway, it's the little things in life, guys. Just don't 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 take anything for granted. Yep, I'm. I'll, I'll probably have to wait until uh, I'm just healthy and young enough to have to wait until like I'm. I'm something like out of like twelve categories in my state. I'm like third from the bottom, so probably mid April, early May, unless things get uh, accelerated. And so, so I've I've got the uh, that's late, that's where I'm at. Le- I'm late, grateful, yeah. yeah, that I'm. Exactly. I'm grateful that I am healthy enough to be in the last tier, if that makes sense. Right. Like it's not. Oh gosh, and now this sounds like a very privileged thing, and I really apologize. It's a very privileged, able-bodied thing, but <laughs> it's just Andy and I kind of talking about our feelings, and yes, I yes, don't, yes. I don't mean to. Let's let's switch. Let's talk. To let's, talk, to we'll talk about, let's, let's let's talk about YouTube. 
and uh, let's talk about <laughs> oh, and let's talk let's talk not about polarizing at all. Well, no, it's it's <laughs> now I'm 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 negotiating some good old fashioned uh, like uh, Catholic guilt, but lapsed Catholic guilt. If you follow, <laughs> so I've been uh, I, I've been like keeping up with like uh, a different brand than Orthodox guilt, much less MSG. <laughs> So. <laughs> post post Vatican II, by the way, I did. I I, my, I myself, I was too young to have a voice in this matter, but I think having mass in English was probably a positive thing. It made it more accessible to those few of us who don't speak Latin. Let's say, perhaps we should know what we are actually agreeing to. Like you know, I, I know I know that in modern modern times, we're used to just clicking through like the iTunes agreements and stuff like that without reading them. But it's nice to know that here's what the here's what the priest is telling us to do or exhorting us to do, and we're agreeing to it. I think it should be English. I think that's just good. That's just good policy. But so uh, I'm a big fan of the Amazing Race. The uh, uh, most recent. I love season that of about Amazing- you. I love that for you. I love that yes. you have that, and that that you do have some reality TV in you. Go on. It's but yeah, but, but it is it is the only reality it is the only reality TV that I really really like because I, it's as I as I keep saying it's the one reality show in which the it's producers, not just women tearing each other down right there's <laughs> exactly it's it's oftentimes well unless they're on each uh, the women that are on the same team they might tear each other down chiefly because. Why can't you just you're all you've got to do is pour the champagne bottles from the cake. Why aren't you doing it right, Kelsey? Shut up. Yep. Shut up. You're not doing this. I can't believe it. Uh, this is why your husband cheated on you. Yeah. <sighs> this is why I cheated on your husband with you. But oh it's just, without, without, without getting into the whole thing, it's like it's uh, I don't I don't like I can't watch the arrival because it's all about like we're going to manufacture this these situations in which we get. In which we, the producers, gonna are gonna create or Big Brother, the worst of all. Right. We're gonna build this entire set where nothing happens in here that we don't control, and we've pretty much picked out the storylines we want to tell, and we've pretty much picked out who we want to win. Meds away, yes, right. Uh, and so, but with with the Amazing Race, they they might do that, but then unfortunately, uh, like the and uh, the in the first episode, uh, the, the the first leg of the race. Somebody like leaves their passport behind. It has to go back and get it, and they get eliminated because they, and they come in last. Or they can't find that there's there, there's a, a clue hidden in a bale of hay, and they got there first, but they they had so they had found it impossible to find that envelope. So much so that they didn't even make it to the finish line for the for, for that episode, and the host had to come out to the to the field <laughs> and manually look. I can't wait for you anymore. I've got a plane that I've got to catch to, to get to catch up with everybody else. Just thank you. <laughs> Go home. You're done. Uh, but <sighs> so, but, and but as a as a fan, it's like uh, we had the last episode, last episode, of the last season, just a few months ago, and I've been hearing about how good this season of the Amazing Race Australia is. Like they CBS has like licensed it to like international versions, and now here now here's where the guilt part is now. I don't. I don't know how to how to parse this. The uh, somebody let's let's let, let's let's be coy here. Um, apparently, uh, the Australian TV channel that licenses and runs this failed to file the correct copyright paperwork uh, to secure the copyright of this show in the United States. Therefore. It is Andy in the public to. domain, and therefore, <laughs> it is apparently okay for someone to keep uploading new episodes uh, as they air. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That is, this I, I have to. The Real Housewives of uh, Melbourne, by the way. Right. You see, now I, I have to believe that that's the truth, because otherwise, I mean, it's their. It would be their responsibility to have a property as valuable as the Amazing Race Australia to just do a little YouTube search to see, hey, is someone posting each episode? a day after it airs with the actual show title and stuff like that. And so YouTube. you did this in YouTube. <laughs> exactly. I see. I see. This is, this is where, this is why it's, it's, it's weird. where like this little ethical line. If there is one is like, I've, I won't go to you. I won't download stuff. via Usenet or BitTorrent or anything like that. Cause that is like full on. This is where the illegal stuff like gets. If you have to use a VPN, then. Right. I I feel like you know I I just feel like if it's on YouTube, part of it's on you. Certainly. If it has, yeah. If it hasn't been caught by any bot or any moderator yet, then it's like you know what? It's free reign. It's like walking by a billboard. Like they just put it there. 
I, I just happen to be here. Yeah. And but see now I'm, I I uh, I I can accept uh, arguments that this is like saying you saw like uh like a, a a cooler in the back of a pickup truck that was parked by the side of the on the side of the street and you decided well if they wanted this this the, this ice cold Coca Cola they would have like locked it up somewhere but they didn't so now I'm entitled to grab one okay that's a, that's a valid argument but I'm just saying that there's 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 some wiggle room here and all I know is that. I get to watch the Amazing Race Australia. If if I could, if I could, if only I could see it legally, but I can't. So I'm but just gonna. Can't. I'm just gonna. So you've that. been watching that on YouTube. <clears throat> Excuse me, goodness gracious. <laughs> um, jeez, uh, you know I have to tell you the YouTube algorithms really failed me in recent years. I kind of gave up, for instance, trying to find old MTV shows. Now I'm just paying for Paramount Plus. They they got me. Really? They said, they said, you millennials, we know that all you want to do is just rewatch real world and just like, you know, pretend you're, you're preteen again, sitting on the couch, trying to like avoid your family, watching reruns of this thing. So we're going to put it on the streaming service for you so you can pay us and, and relive in that nostalgia because you're sad. <laughs> I'm projecting a bit, but. No, I, th- I I think that's pretty much what they're saying inside the conference rooms. It's it's why they're really so they're really really discussing like bringing Blossom back. Like every every like lighthearted like Thursday Friday night sit- kids sitcom from from the nineteen nineties. The era well, of reboots. Yeah. Hey, Blossom was I I identified with Blossom, and now that we're both like in our forties and raising a kid in a in a tough environment, I've it's okay. Well, that's that's much better than coming up with something new, I suppose. Just watch the old episodes, guys. Um, you know what a really great way to watch episodes is? Actually. No. I dare I dare you to tell me. I don't know. I was gonna try and segue into <laughs> into what we were gonna talk about, which is tab grouping, and then I just no, kind of lost it. No, no, that's well because that's, then that's I started fine. to imagine you're, you're very helpful. Let, let me tell you, we'll segue into this because I will tell you, I started to imagine the actual group on my um, on my mobile Chrome because I do have a shopping group tab on my mobile Chrome where I'm logged into Target.com and Amazon.com and H&M.com. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andy, I took it away from you. No, no, no. We, well, I, 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 I could suggest you could say, yeah, it's the... It's the thing is like nostalgia. That's why nostalgia is such a terrible like. Oh, sorry, thing. I was trying to segue to what you were going to talk. No, no, about. I'm I, saying. Well, see, I was, I was gonna. Here, oh. here's, here's something I would, su- I can suggest, which is that it's we, we, but when you look, nostalgia is like is kind of like wanting to relive, relive a moment as opposed to appreciating something that was you actually enjoyed. Like you know, it, amazingly enough, like you can't get tab. Uh, nowadays because you know because they banned it all those years ago because of the this artificial sweetener and you know everybody just wants tab and if they actually had tab they would understand that's just a very very artificial terrible tasting you know cola drink speaking of tabs i just got into tabs myself see it's i thought it it, it did take me about 20 or 30 seconds to think that up so and it doesn't really work that well but we'll we'll plow through anyway but yeah, I, I was just I'm just being a little bit like self derising here because there I, I'm always a little bit I'm always a little bit surprised when there's a great feature that I really really like that I've had available to me for like an entire year, but I had to have someone else point out to me like tab tab grouping in Chrome, like the ability to just right click on like a tab in a Chrome browser window and add it to a group, and now like shoop, all everything that's like associated with. Yeah. Just like you said, if I'm if I'm doing shopping for something and I've got like eleven tabs that are associated with this one thing, then I can just shoot, put this all into one tab that expands when I click on it. Then it, and then uh, butterflies back in like when I don't click on it, and because they're uh, cardboard boxes are the bane of my physical existence, but tabs are the bane Reach. of my online existence. There, I can't. I yes. I keep acquiring them more and more, and unless I do, unless I'm really on top of organizing and doing something about them and getting rid of them it just brings everything to a crawl but there's what there times when you know, i mean that's true sorry but i just wanted to add you know in the case of before we started our podcast i actually ended up closing a couple of windows cuz i was like i can't have these distract me i would have actually preferred to have maybe grouped them what i used to do is i used to all i would extract them from the main 
browser window I was in and then add to that one one by one and then hide them on Windows, for instance. <laughs> I love the idea of just being able to like group those for later instead of having to messily do that. So it's a nice user interface little perk that they added. And um, as I mentioned earlier, it works on Android too. Yeah. But it is it is a, a problem for developers though, because the you you don't want to go back to like the like nineteen ninety one where every time you added a new feature to an app, you'd add a new button or a new menu that was absolutely visible. But nonetheless, you want people to see this really cool feature. And I'm sure that there was at some point uh, at some point uh, Chrome got updated uh, on my on my Mac, and I it it said hey. Chrome is new. Would you click this button to show? Let me show you exactly what's new. And I angrily shoved it aside and said, "I don't care about you. Don't give me your propaganda, Google. I'm here to to go look at comic strips today, and you're not going to delay me in the appointment of my appointed rounds." But yeah, it's it's you you need documentation, and you need to keep like (laughs) experimenting to see what this darn thing can do. Because the number of times where I've been caught like that, like like uh, with a Finder uh, on the Mac, the number of times I was going, ah, damn it, I should write this. I got to rename like these these uh, thirty different files uh, in this folder, and I don't know what I it's I don't know whether it's worth it me to, for for me to like write a little script to automate that, or whether I should just grit my teeth and do it manually. And it took me like a year and a half before I discovered that oh. That's right. There was that update three years ago in which they added actually a like group rename feature. And oh, so I'm an idiot. Got it. I'll, I, I should put that on a post-it and keep it on the monitor so I don't forget that I'm an idiot. Next time you're confused, I'm, Andy, remember you're an idiot. I'm sorry, Andy. I, I didn't mean to lose track of you. I just uh, Mona is making so much noise upstairs. I noticed my mic was picking it up. So <laughs> should, should we take a break? Yes, so Let's then we'll take a come back. Quick break, and we'll come back. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom. While you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if customers can click that buy now button or access your content? You might stumble across the problem by luck, but that's no good. You need a system. You need something to tell you everything is running smoothly on your site. And more importantly, when it's not, you need Pingdom. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages a day. Pingdom helps keep your sites and the sites you love online. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company. You need alerts about any critical website issues. They'll let you customize how you're alerted depending on the severity of an outage. Plus, they'll track and analyze your website's load time so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. And Pingdom has a no-fuss approach to getting started. All they need is the URL you want to monitor, and they will take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use our code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and RelayFM. Well, we don't have the licensing budget to license. Happy birthday to you. So, merry born day to ye. Merry born day to ye. May all of the good wishes and uh, dreams, hopes to ye. Okay. Chromie. Oh, Chromie, yes. Chromebook <laughs> is Chromebook is 10, 10th anniversary of the Chromebook. Of course, that's, that's what see that's what google says however it depends on how you want to what you want to celebrate so this is this is technically this is credibly the 10-year anniversary of the first commercially available chromebooks which were released by acer and samsung Mm -hmm. i don't know that they actually shipped in march of 2011 i think they shipped in june of 2011 i could be Mm. wrong uh Mm. it was uh it was first publicly announced uh, in uh, like November of 2009 uh, through a uh, announcement that a, a, a mini a, a keynote of this a streamed keynote of the kind they used to have in 2009 where it looked like they rented out a like a Ramada in conference room uh, and just like rented <laughs> a screen uh, and then no I'm, I'm saying it was it was artisanal it was yeah quaint. It that was, that was that was that back then 
because yes, that's exactly. what the norm was. And that's what tech was. It was still kind of stuffy, even though some of the ideas were not. Exactly. Um, and it launched a, as a beta uh, to in December of 2010 uh, when non-commercial Chromebooks were, were sent out to like 60,000 like flight testers. I think they actually, they actually call them flight testers, but included like developers, some users, members of the press. I got one. Um, the intro, I, I actually watched the okay, entire- Okay, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Before we go forward. Now you got one back then. Yes. However, I had, I was in deep in the throes of an internship at Maximum PC when this Ooh. happened. That's all I wanted to add. Actually, no, I think by this time I was working for MacLife. And I think I remember that it was reviewed in the magazine as part of a like MacBook sort of competition kind of situation. <laughs> I don't, I don't, do you remember Andy? Like what was kind of the, you know, the talk there, around it, like the, the general air around yeah, it. Yeah, th there, uh, there was a lot of poking of fun. Yeah, because that was uh, the Mac versus PC days, like back yeah, to those commercials. So exactly, and, and Google was now realized that this was, uh, uh, I think, it was one year when the uh, when the Chromebook when the Chromebooks finally shipped. I think that was uh, that was when um, the iPad had just right. The I had the iPad had come out in 2010. The iPhone mm -hmm. had come out in 2006. A lot of the more uh, uh, a lot of the less adorable parts of Macintosh fandom decided to spend each and every minute of every day flexing as hard as they could on anything that they deemed to be, oh, Apple would never have done that. It was so See, very fun doing Apple stuff back in that time. So much fun. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it was, it was a time when like uh, uh, Sony or, or Sony would come out with, a really, really slim notebook that managed to actually integrate uh, a VGA connector inside it, despite it being really, really slim. And there'd be like Apple fanboys like, oh, look how ugly that port is. Apple would see that's That's why Sony has no taste. They just don't get it. So you can imagine uh, Google being kind of like thrown into the scrum of the enemy uh, being oh great so it's just so they're gonna so people they think people are gonna be buying gonna be buying laptops that do nothing but run the chrome browser you know oh yeah they get it whereas apple is innovating with the ipad and that's going to be taking over the entire world and we're never going to hear about the chromebook ever again oh uh, I'm getting migraine yeah yeah exactly that was that, <laughs> that was that was a lot of my life as as, as a, a columnist for a mac magazine <laughs> in, in addition to all the other stuff i was doing and i was like dudes can you just like you're, you're at eight i need you at four maybe mm. And a famous Marge line, kids, can you lighten up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> lighten up, Francis. And yeah, so there, so there was a lot of that going on. People who, because it, it was something that was, I, went, I don't want to call it brand new because the idea of a cloud computing was always like two years in the future, starting in like I remember back then it was really bustling. Like the cool thing was just to be able to do wireless data transfer between, you know, <laughs> a fixed hard drive and, you know, a laptop. It was like, wow. <laughs> so that that's where cloud was at that time. It was very much right. like a everybody was just looking at it like, wow. And now, I mean, God, look at cloud. God. Yeah. It, it, it looks like Google got got something substantially right, uh, especially considering now uh, 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 if you if you were one of these people who was throwing shade on Google for coming up with uh, with with Chrome OS. I'm I don't mean to be mean spirited when I say that here on the 10th anniversary of the introduction of Chrome OS, uh, this is the first year that Chrome OS surpassed mac os like all desktops all notebooks everything in like in market share uh now granted it's uh, still number two behind windows and this market share is 10.8 percent uh and yes that does it did benefit after a year of suddenly every school system wanting to buy more and more and more and every company wanting to buy more and more chromebooks to suit remote workers but nonetheless right. it didn't the uh, window it mostly cannibalized purchases from uh, windows windows uh, desktops and notebooks uh both windows and uh, mac os unit sales went down uh, over 2020 uh, and chrome os was the only one that went up 
So that's that was that's pretty good. 30, 30 million Chromebooks were sold in 2020, uh, and that's pretty pretty darn impressive. It was so hard to find a Chromebook in 2020 because yeah. everybody's kid was suddenly needing this thing to log on. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, wow. 10 years. That's yeah. where we were. That's where we were. And 2020 was the year of the Chromebook, I would argue. Yeah, that's you're, you're, you're not wrong there. Um, if this, it's fun. I did watch the entire intro video. This was a like hour long, little bit like hour, 20 minutes that, uh, the, I think, uh, there was the first, this was the first time that Google really took the wraps off of Chrome OS and uh, gave a full demo. This was only one year after the introduction of Chrome, the browser. Yeah. So they were already moving pretty fast. Uh, and it was uh, led by uh, Sundar Pichai, then a, a baby-faced vice president. No beard, no, you know, still still, still the nice like shirt and, and sweater. Uh, but it was kind of adorable to see Sundar Pichai in 2009. Uh, they And the, the presentation kind of... It had the really hard task of telling the story of this thing that had never really sort of existed before. They kept going to the, the three principles that they introduced where it's based on speed, simplicity, and security, meaning that uh, and one of the phrases that they must have like rehearsed a lot was, oh, we want this experience to be like turning on a TV where you just open it up and boom, you're there. As and opposed it is. To, yeah. Uh, simplicity being that there's no apps to install, there's no maintenance you need to do. Security in the sense that there are there are no apps. There is there are no there's nothing that can be installed that can do a be a, be a code escalation. Everything is encrypted. If you need to dump the entire thing, there's really nothing on the device itself that could be compromised. You just you just buy another Chromebook and log in, and suddenly you're you're back in there. And I mean, and honestly, most Chromebooks are so thin and light and kind of cheapy that you could probably just bang it against, you know, the sidewalk to break it. And it's like a burner phone in that case, except it's a burner laptop. Yep. I, I do know some organizations that uh, when they send executives to like, uh, to, for instance, for, to China, they're going to assume that right. whatever that whatever they use when they connect to the internet is going to be compromised. So the rule the rule is that you know tip your tip your uh, tip your housekeeper on the hotel in the form of this beautiful new Samsung Chromebook we gave you because you know other or you can just like break it in half and not take it back with you because we're not going to trust that device one. ever again. Please make it the red one. <laughs> uh, but so, so uh, the weird thing is that they were also I didn't they didn't explicitly say and our and this Chromebook can do everything Chrome OS can do anything that a laptop can do I think they're trying to tamp that down they the only limitation they were putting on expectations were that uh, here's a quote we're trying to deliver a companion device. Uh, a delightful experience when you're on the the web. Where this is not expected that you'll be using this device all day, at least not what we will ship next year in 2010. Uh, but nonetheless, they wanted to make sure you saw that. Hey, look, YouTube works. Hey, look, Flash uh, works. Remember, Flash was uh, a thing that you suffered with, but you had to use in 2009. Uh, they showed off. Uh, they were saying that, hey, look, everybody who's been writing uh, like web apps. Congratulations for the past five years. You've also been writing Chrome OS apps because, hey, look how well all this stuff works. Uh, they showed off d- double clicking on uh, a, an Excel spreadsheet file and it opens up in Windows Live uh, on the web. Uh, so they're oddly enough, they were showing off that. Yeah, we're going to we're going to I think the I think Sundar explicitly said that, well, if you're a lawyer doing nothing, doing nothing but like paperwork for eight or nine hours, this is not the machine for you. Uh, but the, the, the only downsides to the presentation were they didn't want to even speculate on the cost. And that was going to be like the big question, because if this is a thousand dollar laptop that only runs, (laughs) that only runs Chrome, uh, that's not as tasty as a $299 laptop. But they also said, remember, this is when, uh, netbooks were still a thing. And the, I loved I'm so sorry. I was so loud and loudly interrupted <laughs> you for that. But listen, you, you, I loved you, you an had feelings. I, I was I bought. Oh, my God. I went to Sweden that summer to visit my best friend for for about a month. And I borrowed my uh, my other best friend's EPC. He had like a teeny tiny little Acer and it was like the seven inch little thing. And I took it with me to like Scandinavian cafes. And I mean, come on, <laughs> yeah. that was the dream back then is a teeny tiny laptop. 
you get on the internet with at a cafe because Wi-Fi started to like be a new thing where you could get it in the public space. Yeah. Uh, what a yeah. what a time that's, to be alive. That that was one that was one of the reasons why this was so well timed because I think that if they tried to do this a few years earlier, Wi-Fi would not have been quite so ubiquitous. Like I'm rather free of Wi-Fi that wherever you're going, there's going to be Wi-Fi mm-hmm. or uh, even just in a home that is expected there's going to be a, a Wi-Fi uh, base station somewhere uh, somewhere in there. Um, the uh, it was. Uh, yeah, they, they were talking about uh, computing on the couch and a lightweight secondary work computer. Um, but although there, the the Q and A was mostly, I wouldn't say confusion. It was like very very technical questions, like okay, so you're, are you going to be doing like hardware based like graphics acceleration and optimization? But a lot of we don't, we're not really sure what you've just announced. So that we're so we're going to try to figure out what you're talking about with hardware. Uh, and one of the, but I, I brought up uh, uh, netbooks because. This was part of what they were going after was the weakness of netbooks. Like I've, I've always said that the iPad was in many ways a response to netbooks or the, the netbooks, yes. the, the netbook phenomenon Correct. only lasted a few years. However, it well, taught the, the Apple. Theory. It taught right. The, the popularity of the netbook mm-hmm. taught Apple and taught Google, wait a minute, there's a kind of device that everybody obviously really, really wants, but isn't being made. Uh, and so uh, the fact that they're willing to use these cheap, like Windows Seven or Wind, you know, Windows XP laptops with tiny keyboards and tiny trackpads and tiny screens—if they're willing to suffer for a tiny, lightweight, portable device like this—you know what? I had Star that, Wars on my flight to Copenhagen. Okay, so I was very happy to have what I had. Yep. I wrote a live journal post from a cafe in Sweden. What did you do, Andy? I'm sorry. I loved the I loved the netbook. I just I want it now. That's what I was not, hoping the duo would be to, like. You're not wrong to like the things you like, but what I what I was getting at is that they the hardware spec that Google laid out for this Chromebook was specifically that hey we're we're you're not going to do small keyboards, you're not going to do small screens. It is going to be the size a full size keyboard, uh, or else you know GTFO. So right. I, that, that, that was the conversation that was, I was bent, venturing on is for another podcast another day. We could talk <laughs> about that um, and the wishes that flow once. But uh. <laughs> they are they are they are adorable. But I they were they were the things that they were the things that I used because I didn't have the iPad then, or right, I didn't right. have like a I didn't have like the MacBook Air or other like ultra thin ultra light ones then. There, but the the I love the fact that the uh, that the, uh, the EPC reduced the cost of entry for mm-hmm, people to mm-hmm. own their own laptop, particularly kids to own their own laptop, things they could put stickers on uh, and really make theirs. I thought that that was, that was a very, very positive thing for, uh, for technology. Uh, the very first, so by, as I mentioned before, I did get uh, one of these, one of those 60,000 uh, write, <laughs> write us an essay or fill out a form saying why you would be like a good person to be beta testing Chrome OS and maybe we'll send you a free laptop uh, the the CR48 or Chromium 48 right. uh, pilot program uh, beta software on non-commercial hardware uh, built by Inventec, which is, you know, one of your basic uh, manufacturers. Never even heard of them. Yeah. Tell, tell us what you want. We'll put your logo Until on now. it. You're good. Mm-hmm. Um, amazingly enough, though, it had 3G provided by Verizon. Uh, you got not only did you get the f- free laptop, but you got 100 megabytes per month of free 3G for two whole years. And if any particular day you wanted unlimited data, it would cost you just 10 bucks to get unlimited data. Um, so a lot of, uh, so I spent some time rereading a lot of these reviews that uh, for these things that came out in late 20, uh, 2010. Uh, remember they said that, th- they said that they were hoping to get re- like uh, consumer devices out in time for Christmas buying season 2010. They'd missed that by a long shot. All they did was get these CR48s in the hands of reviewers and some people uh, by then. Uh, Wired gave it a 5 out of 10. Uh, the common complaints Ouch. about it were uh, limitations when it was offline uh, and poor flash performance. Definitely praised for uh, its fast launch, fast resume, multiple user support which was not a really, really big thing back then, uh, including guest mode. Um, I do have uh, I, do, I do have at least one quote from like when I wrote about it in the Sun-Times in November of 2010. I'm quoting myself here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my, my Andy Anatko voice as I read this here. I hope he's not uh, offended. <laughs> uh, 
All in all, it's been an interesting and enlightening first day. Honestly, I was expecting a Chrome OS notebook to involve more sacrifice and annoyance than what I'm experiencing. I don't think I'd call this an ideal way to get through an afternoon's labors, but facts are facts. Whether writing a column, editing some photos, listening to streaming music, watching a YouTube video, or packaging everything together and sending it off to the Sun-Times, there was nothing I couldn't do with the CR48 and Chrome OS. So far, I've been able to think of it as just another notebook. Damn, that man had a way with a phrase. If only I could write like that someday. Uh, so, it's pretty- Andy's been waiting years to do that for his stuff on the podcast. I was gonna, I was gonna use my dumb, <laughs> I was gonna use my dumb guy voice, but you know what? No, I don't, don't do that to I yourself. Exactly. You know what? I, I have to be no. my own best friend. Here. It's amazing that you were. You know, I'm so. I feel very privileged to be doing this podcast with you to be able to get your angle from what the Chromebook was like. Because back then, I was just starting my career. I was just figuring out what I wanted to cover. I didn't think that I was gonna have anything to do with Android or Google. This stuff was just happening as I was writing about Apple stuff and working, sort of working my way up the ranks. And back then, what was the magazine tier of ranks, which very drastically changed just a year after that. Um, It's also interesting to note is the Chromebook coming out at the start of all that when we were sort of entering this new, I'm sorry if this sounds very trite and overused, but this new digital age where- a lot of our consumption became online finally. Like it was the majority rules. It was going there. And so having a Chromebook come out during that time was, it's the perfect allegory for just where we were going as a society. So we should give the Chromebook some, I'm happy we're giving it the respect it deserves by sort of reminiscing about what that time was like. Yeah. It's, I think, I think it has parallels with the original Macintosh where it was, uh, the Macintosh was maybe even a little bit more ahead of its time, but in both cases, it was good that the the Chromebook uh, was closer to being released at exactly the right time for such a device to be what everybody would understand, what everybody would want. Um, and part part of the the worry, remember, was that even back in twenty two thousand nine, Google didn't have the most stellar reputation for sticking with something. <laughs> and like keep really it, keep you don't and nurturing say it. yeah and boy so, i wonder where people got that idea from yeah then. so as you so if if you do decide to like watch that video you'll see oh look and, and it works great with google reader oh that's right google reader oh and sundar pachai was making parallels to uh, like uh, opening like a google wave went oh that's right google wave that didn't last so long either did it so I, I, I'm not sure the, I think one of the reasons why it might've succeeded was that nobody had to write software for the, for Chrome OS. All you so were doing true. was yeah. so, as long as you were writing for HTML5, you were writing, as he said, you're writing exactly. Chrome OS apps because it's, you're not going to convince a developer to get be, be write the first great word processor for an operating system and app platform that's going to maybe last 18 months until someone gets promoted out of that vice president position oh, and stops caring about it um, but yeah it, they it, it's it was definitely it's definitely a feather in their cap like a, as i was telling uh, someone on uh, telling someone on uh, on twitter the other day that boy i, I really we were talking about the likelihood that apple's going to be announcing a, a new version of the ipad pro uh, uh next week or the week uh, sometime by the end of uh, the month and I had to say that you know i have an ipad pro i've had like the first edition and i still like it and i still use it but as soon as i got like my pixel book it stopped being the device that i would take with me when i'm going to boston for the day yep. or going to a uh, going to a coffee shop for the afternoon because the idea of having a keyboard and a screen connected to each other and a trackpad i don't have to put something on an easel and i don't have to buy a 300 dollar whatever to make it work it's just more in tune with how i use yeah. everything these days so i know much as i love it i uh, would love something a little smaller though than what we've got it at present, but um, they're working <laughs> on it. They're working on it. I mean, they're announcing all these new features all the time anyway. Yes, Google had uh, announced a, a whole bunch of brand new features to celebrate Chromebook's 10th birthday. So uh, one one is very, very big. The other are little, little things. The biggest thing is a new uh, phone hub or improved device integration so that uh, we've all been familiar with being able to 
use uh, use uh, an Android phone as a, as a wireless uh, broadband point without mm-hmm. having to necessarily you know go through all the rigmarole you normally have to do with a generic device. Now they've added. Now they've given it place of prominence inside the chrome uh, chrome os experience now there's like an actual uh, icon in the in the shelf slash dock on chrome os that represents your android phone if you click it you'll get not only is it really quick to say oh yeah please give me uh, internet access but also if android notifications that are coming up like being able to uh, respond to messages uh, recently open browser tabs that you that you have that you want to now open in uh, in Chrome OS it seems like a much more intimate experience to be able to control uh, music playback uh, throughout this the, throughout this device um, they've also uh, added uh, support for Wi-Fi sync now Wi-Fi sync will work with uh, between the Chromebook and your phone so anything that any Wi-Fi network that your Android phone can connect to automatically your Chrome OS device will be able to uh, figure out they didn't have nearby share for Chrome OS working in time for the big 10th anniversary but again they might have until June to still make the 10th anniversary depending on what you're talking about for 10th anniversary uh, but that that will be cool being able to move files and stuff between different Chrome OS devices and different phones uh, and phones without having to going going into the cloud first and they're also promising quote more feature releases this year so this is this is not watch OS this is not wear OS this is Chrome OS they actually care about this thing and well, they're and well we know we have evidence we have living evidence that they will they will push through with it it oh is it is, damn, it is damn bulky on the wrist I will say that's another reason why yeah. you know that this is not wear OS uh, somehow even less wearable than your typical Wear OS devices. And there, other than that, there's some uh, work slash productivity features. Uh, there's a new thing in the dock uh, or shelf. I keep saying calling it the dock because that's what everyone calls it, but it's the shelf. Uh, a new thing called the You're tote. showing your OS 10, but okay, go on. Or my Linux. I'm sorry, my Mint Linux. My, oh, I'm sorry, but GNOME. okay. Most people think Mac, not Linux, but okay. <laughs> Why must you be the screen door in my submarine? <laughs> I'm sorry, Andy. I'm really spicy today. It's, it's, okay. it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but basically, the, the toad is as 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 much as the first release of Chrome OS and the demo was. Oh no, no! All your files are in the cloud. That's why you only have you know 120k of storage on this device because you're not going to store anything on this device. But now, store local file storage in the modern era is apparently uh, important enough that you want to keep. Uh, commonly used documents and pictures and stuff in this thing called the tote uh, to keep these things handy. Um, media controls are now inside quick settings. I'm sorry. I saw that as a, as a phone uh, thing, but I was misremembering it. Uh, this, is, this is another thing you can pin to the shelf so that you just have all your music and media playback stuff uh, hand by um, setup has been str- setup process has been streamlined. If you're a parent or a guardian who's setting up kids, uh, Chromebook, uh, the, your kids can have their personal account, but also their school account and their family and your family link controls will still apply uh, all the way across the experience. So if you're a parent, you can supervise their homework and what they're doing while they're uh, on their school account. Uh, clipboard history for keeping the, not just a one clipboard item, but it keeps the last five items. Uh, and they've actually, I keep meaning, desks is another feature that I keep meaning to try. I just haven't. I actually don't use, even use the workspaces feature on my Mac that much, but that is definitely a productivity feature where you can, your all your, different sort of like head spaces like here's all the documents and messages for a certain project here's another thing for my personal stuff uh you can see all those different screens they're now they now stick between uh, across uh, reboots uh, and there are more shortcuts to to working them and, and a bunch of other things there's <laughs> i will say that I have, I have to call out their quote quote freshened icons that they put that they mentioned in there uh mostly it's that all the icons uh, on the shelf are now round as opposed to square uh, I'm sure they'll go over well because we we have no history of people in the Chrome OS or the Android community losing their freaking minds because Google decided to change the shape of logos. And you guys are harsh. You guys are harsh. It's like, yeah, they, someone, someone worked very, very hard on the, on that icon. And maybe they wanted to use the same, the same box of crayons as they did with everybody else. I mean, it gives them a, a family sort of experience. All right. Let's take a quick break because this is a lot to process. Indeed. So we need a break. And then when we get back, we have even more to process. <laughs> but we'll get through it. We'll get we'll we'll, yeah. we'll run through the valley of the shadow of death. We will not be walking through the valley of the shadow of death. 
This episode of Material is brought to you by Delete Me. Have you ever Googled yourself? It can be kind of wild to see what private information is available for others to see. There's an entire world of shady companies out there that collect and sell your personal information. They're called data brokers, and they know your phone number, home address, political affiliations, and dating preferences. An average data broker can possess about 1,500 data points about each person, and it's the kind of data that can be used for cyber stalking, doxing, or identity theft. The good news is you can take one simple step to remove yourself from the maturity of these data brokers. You can use Delete Me. Think of Delete Me as an anti-data broker. They've removed millions and millions of records from data brokers for the last 12 years and continue to fight for users' right to privacy. This is a good thing to have on hand. Uh, It's sometimes scary to see the kind of information that is available on you. And sometimes, I mean, often places like Twitter and the internet are not safe places for women because of all the information that is available publicly. It it can be, it can be scary. And um, the idea of something like delete me makes me wonder if it can help just buffer, buffer ourselves, our personal information a little bit. Uh, You know, I understand things like freedom of information and, you know, you buy a house, it's public record, that sort of thing. But knowing that it's not easily brought up on a search engine is, it can help, it can help with peace of mind. If you want to make sure that your data stays yours, head to joindeleteme.com slash material and use material for a 20% discount. That's joindeleteme.com slash material and material for a 20% discount. Our thanks to Delete Me for their support of the show and Relay FM. So we have some more news about the inner workings of how well Google treats its employees. Brace yourself. It's not good news. There's NBC News has a very, very well-documented report about what is a – turns out to be a very, very common technique for uh, Google HR when dealing with people who keep making complaints about things like – uh, uh, like uh, sexual harassment, uh, sexually inappropriate conversations, racially Inequitable inappropriate, pay. exactly <laughs> things, things like that. We've heard about this from time to time, uh, but we haven't really seen as good a comprehensive case as as usual. So, what what basically ha- what what the the basic page in this playbook is that um, a person makes a complaint. Well, let's, let's a person makes a complaint. Uh, they consider the case. Uh, HR says, "Okay, well, c- case we we investigated this and we're not taking any action." And when the person says, "Hey, that's no good," you just someone said, "Hey, look, you're you're a lot darker than I imagined you'd be. That's not right. You should you you need to like address this and address this employee." They say, "You know what? If you're really, I can sense that you're really really tense. Why don't why don't you take a medical leave for mental health reasons?" And you know calm down so you're not you know quite so agitated uh, so strike number one saying that the reason why you're, you're not you're not keeping ba- keeping up with this because calm down you, so you're not such an angry woman yeah exactly um <laughs> it's 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 the, the problem is yeah obviously you're just you know keyed up and you're you need to relax you need to relax not take this quite so seriously um and the, the and then the the problem is that they if they if you take this this medical leave and then you come back you will probably you will find yourself reassigned to a new manager uh, who now doesn't know anything about you, doesn't know anything about your work history, so your write-ups are going to suffer, and that will essentially, that's the dead end for you ever getting more promotions or raises. Assuming that you have a job waiting for you when you come back, you uh, a lot of these people who, who talk to Google, including uh, 10 people who've been affected directly and another 10 who have witnessed this sort of uh, behavior, uh, the, the you might not even be uh, you might not even be hired back into any open vacant position that that is offered to you that uh, that is available to you so this seems to be a very very effective way of simply getting rid of people who uh, complain too much uh, and it's also a message sent to other employees that here's what happens to people who keep complaining we will find a way to get rid of you um there is a uh this, this was uh, what happened to Tim Nickebrew. Uh, the, also, she, the article also talks about uh, another uh, employee by the name of April Curley uh, saying that uh, in 2019, a manager uh, asked her which of her teammates she would sleep with. 
She says, quote, I gave him a lot of attitude after that, and it went downhill from there, unquote. Uh, she said she experienced retaliation in the months that followed, including being regularly talked down to in front of her colleagues. She filed a formal complaint about her experience with this manager. Then, in December of 2019, Google cut her pay by $20,000, Curly said. Also following her complaint, Curly was put on a performance improvement plan, a formal agreement about how her work would improve, which only added more stress. After telling human resources officials she continued to feel anxious about her work situation, they advised her to take medical leave to manage her mental health. Google declined to comment on Curly's allegations. She, along with several other employees, said that when she went on medical leave, they returned to find they had new managers or were moved into new parts of the organization. Because these new mar- new managers did not know them well enough to provide adequate reviews, they did not receive raises or promotions. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's just one of the examples that they cite in a very long and well-sourced so article. So frustrating. Um, yeah. I have to just say, like, this is, it's hard for me to to hear stuff like this because it just reminds me of my experiences. And a lot of this stuff happened to me when I was younger, just like I would say something about the way I was treated that was very obviously uh, crossing a line and I would not have a job a week later because of something that was, this actually happened to me where something was completely made up that I had stolen money from the till uh, to get me fired. And because I had complained, um, it's just, you know, I, it's hard because this is not a Google exclusive problem, but it is rampant in an it- industry that is really dealing with the curtain sort of being pulled back on what is happening behind the scenes. And all that I'm hearing is that this is not the utopian workplace that uh, Google's long made its, you know, marketed itself as since it uh, launched the Chromebook. Yeah. Well, and it's <laughs> it last 10 years. Um, it's, it's really too bad because when you look at the example of, of uh, when, when, you, when you look at the example that's, uh, you, you find in a lot of other organizations, in Google and a lot of uh, other organizations, but like uh, I, I talked about how, uh, the video of the introduction of the uh, open source release of Chrome OS in 20, 2009 was led by Vice President Sundar Pichai. You see that, wow, this is these are people who have had like 10, 20, who've been been here for like 10 years, 20 years, like since the founding of the company. And they started off just as managers and now mm-hmm. they're vice presidents. And gosh, maybe one day I could even be like in the senior executive suite. And n- no, we... <laughs> That that's for these particular people. This is not something that we are going to allow any but the most rarefied, handpicked. Uh, uh, I, I'm looking for a polite word here. The the most uh, we have a mold that we wish to drop our highest executives into. If you do not explicitly fit into the mold that we have set up, there is no chance whatsoever that you are going to advance past a certain point in our company. And by the way. It, there turns out that there are some commonalities to these people who make it to that point uh, of which people with uh, who lack the broken X chromosome are probably going to have trouble dealing just, with. It's, it's, it's easier to be hired out from outside than to be promoted from within at this company. It's a, it's a, you hate, you hate to hear stories about. Yeah. Uh, it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't cost you your sanity. It shouldn't cost you your self self-worth. It shouldn't be something uh, working for a company is not something that you should have to recover from. Yeah, um, it's a it's a very difficult thing also to report on because this is not necessarily a technical thing that is happening, but it is happening inside the technology company that is making all these technical things. And so if we see, you know, a lot of this imbalance of power, we have to call it out as journalists and sort of bring light to it to just say that, like. These are the things that are bubbling underneath the beautiful interface changes and the new icons that are coming to Chrome OS. You know what I mean? Right. And um, I I keep telling people something that I keep saying is that this really feels like our generation. This is our this is our time. You know, when the auto auto workers were coming together and banding together. Um, and, you know, the the workday was established. Like, all of that had to be done through this kind of work. 
And so we're reporting on it because that's what's happening in tech right now, baby. It's happening across the board. So, yep. As as Studs Turkle used to say when he was a, uh, he was he, he he was when he became an elderly man, he really enjoyed being an elderly man because in in Chicago because he enjoyed the effect that he could have like waiting waiting at a bus stop and starting, striking up random conversations with people. And one of the, his best stories you can find all over YouTube is you know uh just uh saying to uh, uh, like a uh, like a 30 year old guy who's waiting next to him at the bus stop out of the blue saying labor day is coming up <laughs> and using that as a way to explain that to, you know right here in the square this is where five people got murdered for 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 fighting for uh, f- uh, fighting for workers rights uh, in 1923 19, 1930 and but the the line that sticks out is that well t- well let me put it this way did you uh, are you, are you, you're going home at five today? Yeah. Not, you're not going, you're not having to work until like 11 or 12 midnight. No. Okay. Are you, you getting Saturday off? Yeah. You're getting Sunday off. Yeah. Well, you have the, you have the labor movement to thank for that. People fought for you to be able to go home on the weekends and to, to not have to work 18 hours a day and not get paid at the end of that day. So that's, this is the sort of stuff that we're going through. Uh, the, the cycle never, never ends. And this is why I, I'm, uh, the difficulty of being an adult is the import- the having to maintain the ability to have several different thoughts and several different opinions inside your head at the same time. I can be very, very uh, appreciative of the inspiration and the work uh, and the risks that were taken to make Chrome OS what it is at a time where people were being were lining up to say, what a stupid idea this is, have an entire notebook that just runs uh, the browser. I can be very, very grateful for the power of uh, Google Docs to bring high power, really expensive tools and make them for free available to everybody on this entire planet who has access uh, to the internet. At the same time, I can be repulsed by a lot of the other things that uh, that Google does and how they run their business and to wish to wish that they would do much, much better. And And when I express that wish, it is by putting stories like this on the doc. Why don't we take a break? We yeah. have we have a really funny story to end with. I think you're going to enjoy this. Okay, I'm going to tell you a joke. You're going to love this. Okay. Okay. So there's this poll. There's this poll by this website called seoclarity.net trying to find out who are the most trusted company by Americans. And get this, Google is number 1. That's the joke. Google in America asked a certain number of people who were functioning uh, functioning as human beings enough to actually like pro- process a question and produce an answer, and that question had to be which of these companies do you trust the most? And most of them said Google. Sixty five point seven percent specifically of ten thousand. Of thousand fifty seven. So it wasn't no, I, I was I was desperately trying to find out now there there's gotta be a paragraph or something about okay, who did they hire to conduct this yeah, what poll? What was the methodology? Did they go into? Yeah, and what 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 suburb of Mountain View <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> if there were enough room for doubt, just the just the fact that Google was on top, the fact that Amazon was number two, the number the second. Well, think most about how many people company, have echoes in their house right i mean yeah. you have to tell yourself i mean you and i have google in our house we have to tell ourselves that we can. well i mean we, we we're obviously sm- we're smarter we're but we're obviously part <laughs> we're, of 65.7 we're, 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 we're using we're using hardware from the most trusted company not one of the lesser trusted companies That's uh, fair. microsoft was number three <laughs> and then apple was number four somebody inside the spaceship campus, their hacky sack just went right into yeah, the gutter. Yeah, I was going to say that person, that like three people got fired today in a really, <laughs> really savage manner. Um, I, I'm i actually really surprised that Apple is a little lower tier. I wonder if it's because Apple... Uh, App, okay, Microsoft is above App. My goodness. But Apple actually manages... Har- my... Mm. <laughs> Now the the bottom three makes some sense. Facebook, Huawei, and TikTok were the bottom three. I don't know why TikTok is the. I actually trust TikTok way more than I do Amazon for what yeah. it's worth. Okay, because yeah. once you get into that algorithm matrix, like you, they know you, and you're yeah. like, how could I not? Yeah, I think I, I think you have something there with the idea that 
the reason why Google gets on the top followed by Amazon is because these are companies that they're doing business with every single day. Mm-hmm. And I even sub, I don't think they're consciously Isn't that saying, right, well, Google I'm, speakers. Isn't yeah. that right? My two speakers. <laughs> yes. It's like the angel and the devil on either side of me. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I would think that face, that would put Facebook up higher because they're probably using Facebook too. I don't think, I don't think they're getting a lot of like, like millennials and generation Z like, Oh, look a poll. I'll definitely participate in an opinion poll. I've got, I love participating in opinion polls. I actually don't know if Gen Z is aware that you can get paid to do, uh, to do those sort of focus groups. Uh, they do everything on the internet now. Gen Z, right? So, True. well, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure they didn't have some going door to door with a clipboard. No, but I, but I used to go on Craigslist looking for ways to make an easy 20 bucks and get some free pizza. So, Cause, cause when, you know, when you need that money, you need that money. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I was in college and I was like, I could tell you at any moment how much money I had in my checking account to the penny. <laughs> Usually yep. between 10 and $20. And it was a very important distinction, whether it was $10 and 78 cents or $10 and 31 cents. So that's, that's fine. Now, if you've, they, there, there are some other questions here, but I think it's, I think it's more interesting to look at their, uh, the people who were polled, these 1,057 people who were polled, were asked to rank these companies for who, who do you trust the most, but also rank them again by who you trust the least. Uh, and uh, Google is not like uh, high, rated highest on like the right the best the, on the least distrusted. <laughs> they're, they're they're number six on the list of least distrusted people. Meaning that if you're asked, do you dis do you actively distrust this company? Then no, they're they're they they are not at the uh, at the at the top of the range. They should be. They're somewhere in the middle. That's where things go a little bit more, uh, more like you would hope you would think they would like with like with Apple. Uh, but yeah, it's still it's it's a weird weird thing. The other the other the other thing that might have hurt uh, Google as they they were also asked how often do you trust Google search results and uh, most of the time was was ahead of almost always yeah. uh, which was behind very often and fairly often so you'd hope that they trust google's trust search results almost always but no fairly often and very often are definitely the ones that they're going for they're also number six on the question of the question being like would you trust a self-driving car made by this company and i'm like okay so did you <laughs> what a what a weird thing that that it's it seems like they're the ones that are like most uh, are are most closely associated with what they're doing with uh, with self driving car technology, and how do they wind up on number six? It's uh, probably uh, because when you think of Google, you don't necessarily think of automobiles the way you would. Even Tesla, I think, has more credit in that department than Tesla. Tesla was number yeah. one. Apple was number two. Okay, yeah. BMW, that's... Then BMW, Ford, and Audi. And anybody who's sense. everyone who's tried to do an oil change on an Audi would say, "Oh no, they they could they could screw up a cheese sandwich." There's no way I'm letting them self drive a car. Oh, this is why I don't own any VW uh, mechanics in my home. <laughs> I'm sorry to golf drivers out there. Ah uh, well. <sighs> well, 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 well. That's going to be it for it, it uh, for this week. We've gone all the way through the docket. Um, actually, I think we've also cleared the our backlog of emails in terms of like actual uh, questions that we could that we can actually answer from the two years in which we were not really paying really close attention to our inbox. Uh, so it's time to fill it up again now that we are actually Please I'm do. actually looking at it every single week. Uh, so go to relay.fm slash material where you can do things like, again, send us questions, comments, feedback. If you want to do so privately, just uh, let us know that, hey, don't uh, talk about this on the show. Uh, if you want uh, us to answer the, your question, your comment on the show, but you don't want your name used, then say that. And if you just want to let it all hang out, we're more than happy to let you let it all hang out. You can also also go to relay.fm slash material to sign up uh, for memberships uh, on relay.fm. And for this podcast, a little bit extra money goes into our pockets and you get access to bonus specials, bonus materials, not only from us, but from everybody on Relay FM. And don't forget that we're still doing our podcast club slash book club. Like that's coming up. We're going to determine a date, I think, in the next week or so. Um, and so you got to remember, you got to be a member for that. You have to join us here on the Real FM network so you can get access to that bonus app. <laughs> got to be in it to win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flo, anything you got coming up that you would like to hype? No, 
I mean, there's plenty of things for me to hype. Go to florenceion.com. That's my blog. Find me on social media at Oh That Flow. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all, all the heavy hitters. Uh, if you're in my Discord, I've been doing like Discord chats in there. So anybody wants to come in and hang out and hear me talk about horoscopes, <laughs> you know, why not? Something different. It's a cornucopia. <laughs> uh, if you can spell my last name, uh, hit me up on uh, Instagram or Twitter. I'm going to not go on both. Uh, I'm going to be, uh, as usual, doing my weekly high-tech hidey-ho on WGBH, Boston's National Public Radio, uh, talking about, again, mostly tech, I think. Uh, go to <laughs> WGBHnews.org this week uh, to stream it uh, live or later on. I think this week I'm on a Thursday at 1 p.m. You may or may not get this in time for that, but it will certainly be up on the site probably by the time you're listening to this. So that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening us to us to us this week. We hope you listen to us again next week. Until then, everybody, have a wonderful, wonderful, safe, happy, and healthy seven days. Bye, everybody. Hey, Google. Broadcast a message. Keep it down up there, please. All right, broadcasting now. Keep it down up there, please. <laughs> <laughs>